This is Generation Education. Join educator Ruth Baynott Mondays at 11 a.m. as she explores modern parenting, physical, emotional and social development from pregnancy through adulthood. Mondays at 11 a.m. right here on 101.9 High FM. I'm Ruth Baynott on Generation Education 101.9 High FM and I have with me this morning Ingrid Call. She is the chairman of the UJW, otherwise known as the Union of Jewish Women. Good morning, Ingrid. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me. Can you give us a little bit of the history of what is the Union of Jewish Women? When did it start? Well, we actually started, this is our 91st year in Johannesburg, and Cape Town is actually celebrating their 90th year this year, and started with a couple of women and has grown. It still is a national organization, although we only have six branches now, the you know immigration and everything else, yes. but we have a lot more branches. Right, South. and where are the six branches currently? We have one in Cape Town, East London, PE, Pretoria, Johannesburg, and I'm missing one other, Durban. Sure, that's amazing. What is the role of the Union of Jewish Women? What is it that you actually do? So, you know, our mission and our, our, our vision is to help those that are less privileged than we are and, and with our Jewish values. We help, uh, we've got a Jewish project and we've got for the broader community. Our flagship program for the Jewish community is our kosher mobile meals. And that is for those people 75 years and older who cannot cook for themselves. So we're the only organization that does cooked kosher meals that are delivered weekly. Wow, that's incredible. Our wonderful volunteers. That is run by Glenda Goldbrook. And we have a social worker, Mandy Wasserman, who actually goes to assess these people and then visits them once in three months, tries to visit everybody because we've got close to 100 recipients. Sure. It's amazing how when you find out all this info, you don't actually realize what and who is out there and what they are actually needing. And you talk about how you do Jewish and then you do more community-based. So just check a little bit about that. So one of the programs we have is the Alex Feeding Scheme and Aftercare. We have a wonderful lady, um, Lydia, and they feed about 65 adults daily and about 40 kids. So those I think the same 40 kids comes to the aftercare. Lydia and her volunteers try and get them to do their homework. There's some kids that have been coming there for, you know, since the beginning of their school uh, career and then finish up with matric. So we stimulate those those kids. We try and get them to do their homework. They get a, um, a good cooked meal. And but sometimes it's hard when I've said to Lydia, let's try and, you know, stimulate them. There's a lot of kids that actually can't read. We are actually working with Summerwood Primary School. It used to be Fairmount Primary School. And teaching grade twos and grade fours how to read because there are a lot of kids in a class and um, kids weren't uh, kept back if they couldn't read or didn't pass because of COVID. Mm. So the grade twos are learning to read properly. 
And the grade fours have got to that stage where they're discovering that they cannot read. So I was hoping to implement that also in Alex, but the kids come at various times. So it's hard to implement something like this, but Lydia is going to try and work with one or two because English is not their first language. And, And a lot of the times the moms and dads, if there's dads, don't have the time to sit with them and, and do read. Some would primarily, 90% of those kids are from Alex. Sure. So, so UJW is very much about charity and giving back to others and supporting the less fortunate in the community. And I'm sure that does come with great expenses, getting money in. How does that all work? Well, we rely completely on donations. Um, so that can be, but we've got a couple of really, really wonderful donors, but obviously that doesn't cover everything. So we do try, we've just had a donate and win um, campaign that brought in a lovely amount of money, but that would only cover kosher mobile meals, say for one month. Wow. So we are going to endeavor to do something else that we can cover that KMM can be self-sufficient for the year. We try to do other fundraising projects, but we always welcome volunteers, donations of of goods. Um, We are going to be holding another jumble sale in October, and we're going to welcome as much clothing as possible and linen with everybody um, immigrating. Not everybody, but those people who are immigrating, they can think about us. The sale of those items will help us towards our project. Yeah, and I can hear your dog definitely approves of that. We've got the Hillbrow, we call it the soup kitchen, which is done at the Hillbrow um, Community Centre. We've got a lovely lady, Constance, that that gives soup, and now we've got a wonderful <coughs> donor who does um, who's supplying bread and uh, another lovely donor who's supplying apples once a week. So that's for all the people waiting to see doctors. So our lovely lady Constance is feeding close to 120 people a day. Right, And And sorry to interrupt you, when you say for people waiting to see doctors, waiting in a line, sorry, I'm... So they're sitting on on seats. Oh, at the hospitals. Yeah, so they can be there early in the morning. And and we've even been doing some... um, craft sets for the kids that sit and wait with their mothers if they're not you know if they're waiting for the doctors themselves mm. so it's only from half past seven to half past 12 but we but she feeds close to 120 patients including kids right so that again is something that we do and need donations for right and Recently, the UJW has actually moved premises. Tell us a little bit about your new premises. Okay, so we were in the, the grand old dame, beautiful house in One Oak Street since 1968. And unfortunately, it was getting more and more difficult for people to go to that area. So we bought a house and did major renovations because it was not usable for what we needed at the, at the time. But now we are fully entrenched at 77 Sandler Road in Fairmount, um, near Genesis. And we are trying to bring more and more people to the house so that everybody can know about us, become volunteers, know about the Union of Jewish Women. Because it's a lovely premises. I mean, I myself have been there. 
And you made such a lovely comment yesterday when I was actually chatting with you about how when you reach a certain age, I'm not going to give away your age, <laughs> but, <laughs> but how when you reached a certain age, you thought to yourself, now I'm finally ready to actually be a volunteer or to start working and doing some sort of support work at the UJW, not realizing that actually it's not for over a certain age, it's for any age. Tell us what sort of criteria and who could get involved and what they can get involved in. So it is open to all women and men. And I'm proud to say that we have just got our first man in our executive committee because we want diversity. We want to hear a male's perspective. And it is just working out so fantastically. So we want men and women to help us from any age. In fact, grade 11 and grade 12 have to do an LO. They have to do some charity hours. We are more than happy to have a grade 11 and grade 12 young people coming to take part in volunteering work and getting their, their hours from us. We've also run Bags for Beginners, and that is for ladies in the public hospitals. Some I have seen for myself in Soweto and Annex, where women arrive to give birth with the clothes that they are wearing. The baby gets taken home in newspaper. Oy, and oy. in those public, home, uh, public hospitals, they leave six or eight hours, if they're lucky, once their baby is born. So this Bags for Beginning was started as a Mandela project a couple of years ago. Bev Cohen, one of our executive committee members, took it and ran with it. And she tries to do every three or four months a pack. And for June, we're trying to do like 200 packs, you know. So we put it out there on Facebook and um, we should put it on Instagram as well. We get in clothing donations and that, that bag is filled with a baby grow for water and biscuits for the mother because they don't often give them anything while they're in labor. With a blanket, with a fluffy toy, with other toiletries just to help that mom, you know, in the first mm. couple of weeks when the baby is born. Yes, yeah, so, and I mean, those bags, obviously, you need to organize the goods and pack the bags and then get the bags to the moms. And that's where volunteers can definitely get involved. Absolutely, absolutely. We also have a sewing school that is run by Ariane Hennig and an amazing teacher. It's a four-month course, Monday to Friday. Volunteers can't really help with this, but they can give us orders. And what is so fantastic about this, that people arrive there, um, I think it's a minimum charge of 400 rand that might not even be for, I think it's for the whole course, right. just to have some kind of commitment. But some people start there not even being able to thread a needle. By the end of the graduation, they are making the most beautiful clothes curtains they, they go through you know obviously a program they come out there with the most amazing skills and like when I say the speech that they're not only empowering themselves they're empowering their family they're empowering the community Incredible. they leave there with a skill they can open their own shop and it's just yeah. amazing yeah. to see right. because of COVID at one time we had 15 in a class and now we're, we're like five to seven Right. You know, there are criteria that the people can put their names down and then Ariane and the, the same teacher will interview them and see if they are, if they fit the criteria. Yeah. And I'm assuming these are run 
at your premises in Sandler Road? No, we actually at the moment are at the Oxford Shore. We've got premises at Oxford Shore in Ravonia. Okay. And I do know that you do host some other stuff at your premises. What other activities do you host? So Bev is also doing something called Brain Boost. And that is for people that have got early set dementia and other sort of brain problems. And Bev will then do with a social worker will do an, an occupation, not a social worker, an occupational therapist, and they do crafts one morning a week. The people usually come with a carer who sit outside and have time to chat to the other carers. And Bev works, as I said, with an occupational therapist, and they do activities, which they really love. And at the end, they do a, a dance, and it's just so wonderful to see these people being stimulated. Yeah, and it's so on a a Tuesday. Right. And it's so important. It's giving back to the community and Mm -hmm. also for the people that are joining in, for them to actually be getting something and getting that involvement. Yeah. And on a Monday morning, we've now started after all these things have been not working during COVID. And it's called Adult Education Division. So they have some incredible speakers and a QA afterwards. And the people that come are of a high caliber people. And again, they're getting a stimulation, but in a different way. And it's also a time to to be with other people. Right, right. We've also recently started our friendship club, which is a lunch and entertainment on a Wednesday. And there again, we we started last week and we had Ezra Shur singing, which was an absolute delight. And it's again, friendship lunch is... Some of the people don't get out at all. They now then come to the Friendship Club on a Wednesday and enjoy being with other people and Incredible. having entertainment and having, you know, a lovely kosher meal. Lovely. And tell me now, say someone wants to get involved. First of all, who can get involved? And then how do they go about getting involved? Anybody can get involved. We welcome young, old, anybody. We would like, obviously, to have the younger generation, but we understand that probably between 25 and 35, a lot of moms are busy with their children, but we have a lovely lady called Ruth Bainart who's going <laughs> to be doing member club. Hopefully we will get some younger moms coming in and seeing what we are all about. You know, we welcome anybody to want to come and help us. We need volunteers for, for anything. You can find what, you know, sparks your interest and get involved with that. So they could either phone the office on 011-648-1053. They can go to our webpage, which is on Facebook, Union of Jewish Women Johannesburg. And also they can go on to um, or send an email to info at ujw.coza. Right. And anyone getting involved, they almost tailor it to their lifestyle. So it's not a case of once you get involved, that's it. You're now committed 24-7-365. Exactly. If if you can only do once a month or once every three months or once a week, you can Mm. actually then say, listen, I'm available this day, this time. Put me to some sort of use. Yeah, we've got something coming up on Mandela Day, which we do every year. Um, I think it falls on the 7th, it's, Mandela Day is the 18th of July, but on the 17th of July is the Sunday, and we are going to make, we're calling it sandwiches and spreads, or spreads and sandwiches, at the, the Norwood Hypermarket. People can come, it will be put out on social media, but people can come and either bring bread and spreads, make sandwiches there, 
and then we will distribute them either on that day or the next day on the 18th of July. And we always do this for day in October, November, that some, you know, people can really bring their children, get involved. Um, and it's something that is a, a lot of fun. Right. There is so much and it's so incredible. I got a younger lady involved when I had COVID. She was phoning me from Hatsola. And I said to her, she was such a caring lady. And she's 22. She might kill me if I mention her name. But um, she asked her friends for sanitary pads. Mm. So we collected for sanitary, you know, sanitary pads. And that, you know, if you can't give of your time, there's, there's often things on social media that we need, um, donations of sanitary pads, for example, or things like that that you could just collect from your friends and, and bring it to, to um, our house. Because the young girls, all ages, are starting their, their periods at age nines and ten. Sure. And especially at summer, we're just for an example, sometimes they don't have money. So first of all, they, they don't come to school. Second of all, we heard that they are using dried banana peels. Oy, so if... You know, if, if people can just donate sanitary pads, you are doing something and changing someone's life. Right. And I suppose also if you'd have a charity idea or something that you're not sure if you is donatable, give your office a call and chat about it. Absolutely. We could find someone that could use something that, that you can't use. Brilliant. Ingrid, thank you so much for joining me this morning and for chatting all about UJW. You've been listening to Ruth Baynard on Generation Education, 101.9 Ha FM.